right, GHC, I am back with another fabulous guest. I have today with me our interim Dean of Humanities. She first came to Georgia Highlands College as a post-baccalaureate student, took every single English class that our school, GHC, had to offer and worked part-time in the tutorial center. She moved from part-time to full-time in the tutorial center, to instructor, to lecturer, to full-time instructor, to assistant professor, to chair of English department, to now dean. Let's welcome Dr. Jessica Lindbergh. Hi, how are you? I appreciate you. I'm very good. I appreciate you giving me the time that you've given me in this project. I know you're very busy and I appreciate everything that you're doing for me. I really do. Um, We brought Dr. Lindbergh here to discuss uh, the aspect uh, of leadership on vision. I want to start before we do any of that. Um, How did you end up as the dean of humanities? Well, um, besides that trajectory that you mentioned, it's long. And um, one of my favorite parts of that is that I have kept every single name tag I've ever had. Oh, that's so cool. I have like, um, sometimes I just want to take a screenshot of that, like all of my name tags, instead of turning in a CV because it's just like all right there. Yeah, because that's your CV. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, when you were young, what sparked your interest? What did you want to be when you grew up? Um... Well, lots of things. Um, I didn't have any intention of going the teacher track. So um, if anything was consistent, it was that I wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have always done that. And I continue to do that. Mm -hmm. Focused on poetry. That's what my degree is about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I started in the tutorial center Mm -hmm. that I had ever done anything remotely related to teaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that one-on-one training, um, that one-on-one framework, uh, and, and that's where that started. That student engagement. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't have, I mean, I, my um, undergraduate degree was in Spanish. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, completely different. <laughs> totally different, right? Totally different. Um, so, what, where do we, uh, let's, let's go back to schooling. What, what, where did you go to school? What kind of degrees do you hold? What, what pathway did you take to get here? I um, was, I grew up in Decatur, Georgia, and all I knew about school was that I was supposed to go. Right. And that I didn't want to be anywhere in that. Right. Because I'd lived my whole life in that. Right. And so I wound up in a Quaker, small Quaker liberal arts college in Richmond, Indiana. Okay. And I loved the college. Erlen College is the name of it. Mm-hmm. I loved the college. I loved everything about it. It was very, it was really extremely radical, progressive kind of environment. Right. Um, with that, uh, the Quaker Foundation. Right. Um, so that was fascinating. And the other thing that I learned, two things from there primarily. Um, one was that I was okay with the South. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that wasn't <laughs> Indiana was okay. Right. <laughs> so I immediately came back. Right. I discovered that it wasn't necessarily the South that I was getting away from. It was my parents. Yes. That like most of us do. Yes. 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 And the other thing was I fell in love and uh, my um, husband and I have been together since then. Wow. That's a testament. Yeah. That's a testament. So we brought you in to talk about vision. Let's start at the very basic. Tell me what a definition of vision is in, in, uh, um, in coordination with leadership. 
Well, I can't help but go to my creative writing and poetry roots. Mm-hmm. And when I think of digit vision, that is to me that's connected to imagination right. and creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sometimes that vision requires both. Um, you have to be a curious person. You have to um, you have to want to know what you don't know, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you have to be creative. Right. You have to be able to. Um, I hate to use this phrase because it's used all the time, but you have to be able to think outside the box. Right. Um, and uh, I like thinking of vision from more of a top-down perspective. Mm-hmm. What is it that I would like to be able to do in the best of all possible worlds? Right. You know, without any kind of restriction. Uh, and then, now how do I, what are the steps working backwards in order to get there? Right. Instead of some people think, well, we want to do this thing, but if we're going to do this thing, we have to be able to do this, this, and this, and we can't do these things to get kind of caught in the practicality of it. Right. And right. I like thinking of it from potential. So what is it, what does it mean to have a, vi- a vision and leadership? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm, I consider myself a nascent leader. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like I've been in this role for that long. And in the chair role, there was some leadership, but, um, um, with that, I'm, I'm thinking about my response. It, when you're in that leadership role and you really are, you know, in charge of, for lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm. a group of people, um, you have to tone that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to lead people astray. Right. You don't want to set the bar so high that you, that, you're not able to achieve it as a group um, because you have to consider the group. It's not just about what I can do or what I want to do. Right. It's about the group as, um, as a the great and good. And what we can do, but also not setting ourselves up for failure. Right. So there has to be some of that. Uh, and there definitely, definitely has to be a sense of um, it's not my vision, it's our vision, mm-hmm. or even it's not our vision, it's your vision. Right. And how can I help you get to where you need to be? And encouraging people to have that sense of imagination and curiosity and creativity. I know you've never done this thing before, mm-hmm. but let's try doing this thing because it seems like you really want to do it. Right. Um, how can I help you do what you need to do? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say, I know that we, I, when I introduced you, I spoke about the tutorial center. Um, I'm going to ask because I, I, I'm ignorant to it, but is when you were in the tutorial center, part-time, full-time, um, did we have a writing center or was that inside? Was it all tied together with the tutorial center? It was all tied together with the tutorial center. Okay. So now you guys, whoever's listening, you guys know we have tutorial center we have a writing center. We have all these amazing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We have all these amazing services available to the students. It doesn't cost you anything to go get tutoring. Um, and it doesn't make you a bad student that you're getting tutoring. It makes you a really good student for going and seeking out the help. Um, but one thing I just kind of want to give a shout out. I am a huge cheerleader for the tutorial center. And I'm a huge cheerleader for the writing center. Um, I started taking, I was in chemistry one when we flipped from 
from uh, from face to face to online due to COVID in um, February. I'm sorry, in March of 2020, and I went into panic mode. I hadn't taken a chemistry class in 30 years. Um, I'm a non-traditional student. All of my listeners know that already. Um, but I I went into panic mode, and the first thing I did is wait. I think I think I can get a tutor. Let me let me see. Um, reached out to a tutor in the tutorial center and found a mentor out of that. And I, I continued all the way up to summer of 2021. I was taking biochemistry, still meeting with that same tutor. Um, I have the same thing in the writing center. I've got a team in the writing center. I don't have just one tutor in the writing center. In the tutorial center, I, I talked to one person and, and I, I, you know, I've built that relationship. She's my, she's one of my mentors. Um, but in the writing center, you guys, I had a moment this week. It was on Tuesday. Um, about three weeks ago, I got an email from my advisor that said, hey, there's a conference coming. You should maybe think about, you know, submitting a, a work that you've already done. I have five completed honors projects. I've never done anything with them. And I said, okay, well, I don't know how to do this. You know, what do I need to do? And she said, well, we have a couple of questions because we're not really sure. My honors projects are outside the box. They're very creative. We're not talking, you know, term papers or anything. We're talking about podcasts and uh, documentary and, you know, PowerPoint stuff. Um, and so she said, send an email to the conference people, ask them these questions. And when they come back and tell us, we'll know how we want to write our abstract. She went on vacation for two weeks and came back. The first day she was back, she said, Hey, did you hear back from the conference? And I was like, you know, I kind of forgot about it. Like, oh, what was I like? I'm busy. You know, yeah. I didn't even think about it. And um, it, I said, I, you know what? That really stinks because I didn't hear back from them. And I didn't think about it till just now. And she said, uh, well, that kind of stinks. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Not three hours later, I got an email from the conference folks who were like, I'm really sorry. We, it was an oversight. We didn't see your email, so we didn't respond. I'm really sorry. We'd like for you to go ahead and, you know, and go ahead and submit an abstract. And my first thought was, okay, when's it due? And I went on the website and it was due the next day, the next day, y'all. So I sat down and wrote my abstract. In that moment, when I saw it was the next day, I sent out an email to one of my writing center people. And I said, the title of it was huge, period big favor period in all caps. And I said, I told her the story, the same story I'm telling my listeners right now. And she said, I'll meet you tonight at eight 15. Yeah. That is what I'm talking about. Right. You go and you build these relationships, you build this trust. And I was able, I was able to be online with her on a zoom meeting until about nine o'clock that night. Um, you guys, Paula Guy is the bomb. She is the best. Um, don't go running in emailing her and asking for 8, 8, 8 p.m. meetings. That's not how it works. Um, but she's helped me with almost all of my honors projects. She's always said, hey, if you have anything, just always ask. I might not be able to help you, but always ask. And I did. And that's a big deal. You guys don't be nervous to reach out to the people who are willing to help you, your mentors, if you will. Well, that two things that that reminds me of. One is the way you're talking about those people, you're calling them my people. Mm -hmm. You know, I reached out to my people and that's the way we want all of our students to feel about it so that they, they feel like, you know, these, we are here, the tutorial center, writing center instructors, all of those student support services are here to serve these students. Right. And so we exist as your people, as right. students. Yes. Um, 
And the other piece of that was that when I was working in the tutorial center, um, this was 2003, 2004, uh, it was the place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the place to hang out. And students would come and just sit in the room and do their homework in the room. And it just meant that, you know, if they ran into a trouble spot, they could, you know, holler for somebody and we'd go over there and sit down with them. But for the most part, it was a place to um, be with other students and have that academic environment. And it was great. And that continues to exist both in the tutorial center and in the writing center. I was just about to say, because we are back face-to-face in the tutorial center and the writing centers, right? Yeah. So we can, you guys can go in. It's a safe space just to go in. You don't have to have an appointment to go in and sit and do your homework. I'm so glad I have that fact right. Um, because I've never, ever done an, and that's not true, retract. One time I did a face-to-face and that's because we were in chemistry too. I say we, my tutor and I, because that's basically what it was. I was in this uh, chemistry two class and oh my gosh, I was struggling so bad with stereochemistry. I was I was just struggling. She said, Samantha, if we were face-to-face, I could pull this model out and, and show you how to look at it. It would make so much more sense. And I was like, she said, we're not allowed to be face-to-face. And I was like, am I allowed to accidentally run into you with a model? And she was like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you happen to be here at this time and you had a model, I probably would not show you. And so that's exactly what I did. And, you know, she didn't know I was coming. I showed up and I was like, oh, how are you? Look at that. It's a chemical model. <laughs> and, um, and it afforded me the ability to be able to put it in my, it was literally a two minute conversation and, and I was able to put it in my hand and she was able to show me. So take advantage of the services, not to get off of the vision. Um, but you know, being in those spaces and, and creating those uh, relationships may guide you in that vision, in that vision of quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is the difference between a mission statement and a vision statement? Um, I was thinking about this because I saw this on your sheet of questions. Um, I think of a mission statement as a more as a practical tool. Mm-hmm. Um, as often as not, when you are thinking about your mission statement, you're checking to make sure that whatever you're doing is not outside the bounds of your mission statement. So I think of a mission statement as both, these are the things we want to do, but anything else that's outside of this, we're not doing. Right. So we're not doing this thing because it doesn't align with our mission statement, or um, maybe we're doing this a little bit too much of this thing because it doesn't align with our mission statement. So it sort of keeps you back on the right track. Right. Vision statement is much more about potential. Mission statement is about practical. Vision statement much more about potential. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not as um, restrictive. Um, uh, I think a mission statement comes from a vision statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is my 100% totally made up. <laughs> my off the top of your head. <laughs> That's what I want. This is not going to be an you know businessy textbook, or right? Anything like that, and I could be completely off base, but that's the way I think. Right. Well, I will tell you my assignment. I'm doing this um, project, this podcast series project for my uh, leadership and healthcare class with Dr. Kimberly Roberts. Uh, you guys should sign up for that class. It's a great class. Um, this week, our discussion, week five, and we didn't have to give references, y'all know. Y'all know if you have a discussion, you don't have to give references. That thing is done on Sunday before the week even starts. Um, but we didn't. Ha- um, we had to do, we had to write our own mission statement and our own vision statement. Um, and then our feedback for that discussion was um, 
whatever anybody thought, like, how could they improve it? How would they make it better? And once we get those responses back, um, that will be used in our leadership plan that we're going to have to turn in at the end of the semester. And I've printed it out, but I don't really know. It's paper of some sort. haven't really looked forward to it, but um, I did get to write a mission statement and a vision statement. I've gotten a lot of feedback. So I hope that even hearing your definition, I can go and improve my mission statement and my vision statement that I wrote for the class uh, to make myself a better paper. Right. right. So, um, and how do you think that a mission statement uh, and a vision statement relate to vision within within leadership? Well, like I said, I think the mission, the, you, you've got this great big vision of all of the different things that you might could do where you see yourself, mm-hmm. um, both individually as individuals within in the institution, but also the institution as a whole. And then um, the mission is the practical guide to how you're going to get there. Right. Uh, and, and then, you know, the vision is, is constantly happening. And also it should be, right. by definition, it should be a moving target. Mm-hmm. You should never achieve your vision statement. Right. You should always be working toward and as soon as you get close to it, you should change it. I was Make just it about to say, yeah. The, yeah. so your vision your vision statement should grow with you. Yeah. And your yeah. mission statement is basically... Like the how-to guide of how we're going to get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys, listen up. Because um, as a secret, I'm going to go ahead and edit this one and post it in my discussion as an attachment <laughs> with the hopes that if people... I mean, you know, we're in the middle of writing it. It's due on Sunday. Right. So, and, you know, we still have the paper to write to improve upon it. And um, I think it's really important after going back and reading some of the discussions, there are some people out there that are confused. So um, being able to do this and maybe throw it up on that, um, on that discussion board uh, might be really beneficial to us, even, you know, in the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it. Do you by chance know Georgia Highland Highlands College? mission statement but i have no idea what no no and i mean i've always thought maybe i should memorize some of these things but no but i have i feel like i i i have the mission to my core right like i have lived it for how many years now nearly 20 years right um that i've been involved in the institution 2002 yeah when you came as a student yeah yeah that's right that's right um so yeah um for me, the big ones are accessibility, and accessibility is, um, there's lots of pieces of that, mm-hmm. but one piece of that is affordability. Right. If we're going to create an institution that everybody can be a part of, mm-hmm. then that means we need to be affordable in all things, including, you know, textbook costs and right. fees and all Everything. that stuff. And that accessibility is not just about getting into Georgia Highlands, which you can do, but what else can you do within the institution? Right. Do you have access to be able to do your podcast? Do you have access to the film department? Do you have access to tutorials that are writing there? So keeping all of those pieces accessible as well. Right. And then also access. Right. Um, and I think that's a big that's a big piece of it. I have always thought of Georgia Highlands as a very scrappy institution. Right. Like we are, I consider us sometimes think of us as the underdog. Uh-huh. Right. Um, with the great big research institutions everywhere else yes. and Kennesaw right down the street and all of that. And we're just over here doing our thing as best we possibly can. Right. And we have this amazing group of really talented people who are 
even more valuable for how dedicated they are Mm -hmm. to staying here. Right. And how many years and years and years they have stayed here, you know, fighting it out. Right. Scrapping. Scrapping for our students. Right. Because we believe in that mission of everybody should have access to excellent educational opportunities. Right. Everything that goes along with it. Well, like I said, I I am a Georgia Highlands College cheerleader. All my listeners who have listened to any of the episodes that I've recorded, they all know that, um, and I even said it in my last uh, episode, you guys check out Jamie Petty's episode. Um, He came in and spoke about mentorship. How would you advise a new leader to write their own mission and vision statement? Um. Well, let's see. Vision statement. I think um, you gotta you gotta just sit and stare for a long time. And you know that happens. You know when you're in the car, when you're driving, when you're taking a shower, when you're washing the dishes. You know all of those kinds of mundane tasks, and you just kind of let it mumble in the back of your head. Um, I don't know that I've ever written a mission statement. I've written a couple of mission statements, mm-hmm. um, and that process is can be kind of for me it was very hard it's so hard it's so hard it's so hard it's, it can be tedious yeah and especially for um a student that doesn't know exactly what they want to do mm-hmm. and you know works and i'm one of those people i'm you know i originally wanted to leave georgia highlands college with my bachelor's degree in health science health professions uh, i wanted to leave with that um and go to grad school um but I wanted to be a registered dietitian because I'm into nutrition. That's what interests me. Um, basically the biochemistry side of it, the chemical side of it. And the only RD kind of program that I could find is Georgia state. And I live in Rockmart. I have a 13 year old that will be starting high school when I start grad school. So for me, 500 miles a week, it just isn't the season of my life to do that. And so I need to figure out what else am I interested in? And literally in the past two or three weeks, I found a program that I like completely different than, you know, what I originally wanted. You know, sometimes you guys, when we are uh, in the face of adversity, you have to make decisions. And sometimes you make decisions based on what's good for somebody else. So just keep that in mind, even like as a mentor or mentee that, that can, um, that can play a role. But I wrote my mission statement and then I posted my rich, my mission statement on my discussion. And when people started giving me feedback, I was like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. This isn't the mission statement that I want. Right. It sounds good. All the words fit together right. It sounds like a good piece of writing, but it's not really good. It's a good piece of writing. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Um, because as I was, and I, even as I was writing it, I was like, oh yeah, I could probably do this. And then when I started getting feedback and people started asking questions, I just was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't my mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I am going to accept the challenge to try to go in and really think about, like you said, mull everything over in those mundane, those drives. I drive 45 minutes from Cartersville to Rockmore every day, mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. I'm really going to take that time to sit down and see if I can figure out what my mission statement is, because what I turned in, granted, I'm, I'm probably going to get a decent grade on it. It was a really good mission statement. Um, regarding nutrition, meal meal prep services, and uh, and nonprofits, which is great. I think it's absolutely a fantastic idea. Just not what I want to do. Right, not you. <laughs> yeah, not what I want to do. I mean, writing it, it sounded great, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And then I started getting that feedback, and it was like, yeah, it's not. What I'm do. <laughs> um, do you believe that a leader can inspire with their own vision? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. 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 I, I think that a good leader will show you that. 
um, the ways that you have restricted yourself mm -hmm. and how you can open that up a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. What benefits do you believe an established vision will offer a leader or not a leader, but um, like mentees? What do you think that having that established vision offers? An established vision. I don't know if I like that term. Really? Yeah. Okay, give it to me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, because my perspective of vision and what I've been talking about is that it, it's a ever-changing target. Right. It's ever charged. Yeah, it's ever-changing. Yeah. So an established mission statement, yes, that's necessary and helpful for everybody to be on the same page and know what it is that you're doing. Right. And when we hire people or when students apply and, you know, come to Georgia Highlands, that everybody knows exactly what that is. Right. Um, but the vision statement, I think, should be ever-changing. So let's just change it up and say, what benefits do you believe an established mission chain, mission statement does? I think I'm, that does help keep you on track okay. and, 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 and targeted. And it also provides a way for you to check in with yourself and say, um, well, here's this other thing that I really want to do, but how does this relate to the mission statement? Right. How am I actually you know, performing the services that I need to perform if I do this other thing? That's where I think I hit the wall with the mission statement. Like I said, it's, it's good. It's just not, I definitely don't, I, I don't want to do all that, you know, because then I started, one of, one of the questions that they fed back to me, and these are my peers, right, um, in the class, was uh, what steps do you have to take? Uh, let me, let me retract my mission statement. I, I don't, I'm not going to read it to you or anything, but it was based on meal prep, not meal delivery, but meal prep, um, nutritional meal prep to maybe less fortunate people who can't afford expensive meal delivery services um, through running a nonprofit organization. And some of the questions I got were, uh, how do you plan on funding it? And that was easy for me to figure out I'm like, well, grants first, you know, um, how, like, what do you, uh, are you privy to the food handling, uh, safety guidelines, certifications that you have to have? I am, I am a food safety handler certified, at, you know, accredited certified, um, I have that certification, but I started thinking about it after I read that question and I was like, oh, I, yeah, this wasn't what I want to do. <laughs> so that feedback was fantastic for me. It is fantastic, but you also have to balance whatever your mission statement is, whatever you're doing, there's going to be chores yeah. that you do not want yeah. to be doing. I mean, we have that, we have all of, I can't tell you how many meetings I have to go to that I don't want to be I going know. to. I know. <laughs> because they feel like chores and yeah. it just doesn't feel like, it, it feels like it's disconnected from the mission. But you have to figure out what percentage of that for you are you comfortable with? Is it you're comfortable doing 20% of the chore, mundane, boring kind of work? Is you get 80% of the work that you like, or maybe somebody else is willing to do 40% chores and 60% stuff they like. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to figure you out. You have to find the balance. Yeah. 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 Well, do you have any advice, vision re uh, related or leadership related or anything for any student who might be considering a leadership role or uh, finding themselves kind of voluntold into a leadership role? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we use that word a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sit and listen. Spend some time sitting and listen. If, if you get into that position right. or if you're considering that position. Um, it's not very exciting or jazzy or sexy, right? Just just sit and listen, yeah. and listen to the people around you, and um, 
and listen to yourself too. Listen to your own head. If you guys have listened to any of these episodes, um, what you hear when I, I ask that same question to every guest that I have in the, in the recording booth, um, when I'm finished with my outline and all those things, my question is always, do you have any other advice that has to do with the topic that I brought you in for or leadership and uh, a consensus across the board, listen to every episode that I have and it's listen, open your ears. Uh, I think somebody said, I'm not going to quote him because I don't want to say it incorrectly, but he said, you have two ears and one mouth, which means you should be listening twice as often as you're speaking. So I think that's very valid, um, very, very valid advice, very sound advice. And you guys should heed it. Um, because these are, these are, you know, top notch leaders in Georgia Highlands college that, that are giving you this advice. You guys, I have uh, interim Dean of humanities. I don't think that I mentioned that she first came to Georgia Highlands college. Yes, I did say that, um, as a student and she took every English class the GHC had to offer. Uh, next thing you know, uh, we're, you know, the chair of the English department and now we're Dean. So you guys dream big, know that um, you can reach out to any of your peers, any of your professors, any of the leaders at Georgia Highlands College, and they are completely open um, to helping you create a vision um, or to live inside that vision. And I feel so lucky to have had the opportunity to um, interview you, Dr. Lindbergh. Thank you for your time. Thanks. I appreciate you.